Hello, and welcome to The Funny Thing About Yoga, where we talk all things yoga and maybe make you laugh a little bit. I'm Gianna Gambino. And I'm Bradshaw Wish. Enjoy the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm having so much fun. Hello, everyone. It's Bradshaw. And I'm here too. It's Gianna. Also known as Chi-Chi. So everyone, welcome back to the funny thing about yoga. We have a new topic today, but I also want to remind all of my listeners, they're my listeners, not Gianna's, Mm -hmm. that you can go to (laughs) www.kayayogaschool.com slash podcast, and you can submit any of your questions. So we want you to be part of the community send us any of your yoga questions or ask me what I like to wear um, on a typical Saturday. Or share a funny story with us because we're oh my sharing, God, yes. we're sharing ours. You can share yours. We love to hear the funny stories. So send in your funny yoga stories. It's going to be fantastic. In terms of today, let me just tell you, we asked all of you what we wanted, what you wanted us to kind of talk about. Mm-hmm. And you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We did indeed. Oh, we did indeed. <laughs> Uh, and you said that you wanted us to go over some kind of antiquated yoga cues, like cues that you wouldn't use now for certain postures. Gian and I sat down, we realized there were so many postures that we could kind of get into. So we're making this more of a series and we're going to focus on one pose at a time. And today we're focusing on chair pose. I'm so excited. We're going to go through several different cues you can use in chair from the feet all the way up to the head and hands. Love yeah. it. And then Gianna, what do we have going on for Kaya? We are going to Joshua Tree in September of this year, 2023, and we only have one room left. So if you are interested in snagging that room, there are two queen beds in it. Let us know. We've got all of the information on our Instagram slide into our DMs and it's yours. Hope to see you in Joshua Tree. It's a blast. I'll be there. Gianna will be there. We'll be singing, dancing and acting. And meditating and doing yoga and hiking. Actually, we're going to be doing none of that. Here's the episode. (laughs) Okay. So Bradshaw, let's talk about chair pose. I feel like this is, you love it or hate it type of pose. I love it more once I learned to do it differently, Mm -hmm. Um, but I still don't love it the most. Yeah. It's okay. We don't need to love chair pose. No, you don't. And and if you do love chair pose, there's probably something wrong with your mental health and it's okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So in this series, we're going to kind of go through it one by one from feet upwards. And typically when you cue, this is just a side note, you should cue from the feet up. So, you know, what grounds the pose and then everything else builds upward from there. Correct. Yeah. There's so much going on at this pose. And since there's so much going on where we should start is probably the feet. Like you said, yeah, the little footsies. My okay. little baby feet, baby boy. Do you like my feet? Yeah, you do. Do you like my feet? Yeah. Okay. Yes, all right. Yes, this is an X-rated podcast all of a sudden. Okay. Oh, you want to talk about your all right. You want to talk about your feet? <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm not editing that yeah, out. You can't edit it up. Okay. Daddy loves cheese. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. the only fans of chair pose. 
<laughs> Could we have to rein it in? Okay, we got to dig it in. Okay, Ooh, let's, let's talk breath. about the, let's talk about the feet. Okay, so can I start with the feet? No. Okay, you can't because I'm going to take control. <laughs> Here's what I want to do, Bradshaw, for this series, just so that we can be on the same page. Let's talk about how it's traditionally cued first, and then how or why both both of those, the how and the why, we want to update that. Okay. Okay. So the first, and you can build from here, the first thing that you may cue in chair pose or you were told to cue is feet together chair. Is that what you were going to get into? The feet together? The feet together or the lift the toes. Yeah. No, no, no. It's feet together first because it's like, where do the feet go? They don't have to go together, but typically we're told put your feet together or sometimes people will cue it big toes touch with a little sliver of space between your heels. So that is traditionally said to be the positioning of your feet. However, it is not a requirement. You don't have to do that. So do you want to expand on that Bradshaw? Yes. You may also hear to bring the big toes together and lift the toes. Why are you going into the lifting of the toes when we're well, not there yet? We're just literally on the feet. And the yeah, feet but are you the were not part of the feet. there yet. We have to take one step at a time. Do you guys see what I deal with? I don't know what the fuck you want me to do because you I were want talking you... about the feet and now I'm talking about the toes, no, no, which no, are but part you of the feet. Yeah, but I asked you, do you want to talk about why they don't have to touch? We're not talking about toes lifting. Oh, okay. <laughs> see, if you paid attention, we can do things As I like to, linearly. What's the song? What's the song listening? A-T-T. You know me. Okay. So the feet don't have to, I don't, I actually, Gianna, to be honest with you, and honesty is a really good policy. <laughs> I don't know why they cue the big toes to touch. Oh, I don't Jesus. even know the reason behind that. Do you? Okay. This is like a longer conversation, but I know traditionally, and this is, this is debatable. I've heard things for or against this, but I'm sure you've heard this too. I've heard this is now, this could be inaccurate, but yoga was taught to young boys with narrow pelvises. So their feet may have touched. And that is one lens. I'm not saying that is correct or incorrect. There's again, views on both ends of like, no, there's always been female practitioners or no, there's always been practitioners of every age. But the story that I was fed was that a lot of the alignment based cues come from smaller, narrower bodies. Well, specifically smaller, narrower, narrower bodies of people practicing Ashtanga, which is really uh, a very close relative of Vinyasa. So I feel like a lot of those old school Ashtanga cues were passed down. So your feet do not have to touch. Feet may touch in a more narrow pelvis, but that may not work for people with wider hips. It may not work for most women. And so when I practice chair, I do not have my feet together. I have them parallel with a little bit of space between them. I agree. I uh, personally, for me, with the majority of standing postures, I prefer to have my um, feet at least hips width distance apart. And when I say hips width, I mean like in chair, like my sit bones, those bones underneath my butt, they align with my heels. Mm-hmm. So I like, you know, hip, hips with distance bar can be de debatable. I'm just saying that the, the heels and the sit bones 
the bones underneath your butt, they align with one another. And I think that for most bodies, taking the feet wider in standing postures tends to feel a little better. Mm -hmm. And you can try it out. So if your chair pose doesn't feel good with your feet together, try it, take your feet a little bit apart and then just start there. And so with a bunch of these cues that we're going to go through, we will allow you to make your own, you know, critical thinking decision around whether or not you want to integrate it into your teaching or whether it's just a no for you. And that's okay. Okay. So let's jump to what Bradshaw was trying to jump to before we even explained anything about that, which is lifting of your toes. He was really, I can talk about this. I can talk about this. He's so eager. Okay. Let's hear it. So I think people used to cue to lift the toes because they want you to sink the weight back into the heels. But what's weird is that you can sink the weight into your heels without lifting your toes. So uh, there's just no really anatomical value to that. If you stand up right now and you sink your butt back like you would in chair, you can sink the weight, sink the weight into your heels and not lift your big toes and you're going to be a-okay. Exactly. So Bradshaw's 100% correct in that. When you sink your weight back into your heels, you start to activate your quadriceps. So those muscles on the front of your thighs. And so you can lift your toes and still not activate your Mm -hmm. thigh muscles. So instead of telling people to lift their toes, toes can be up or down cue to have them send their hips towards the back of the room and then down towards the mat a little bit. So back an inch, down an inch, and that'll turn on the quads and the toes don't matter. Uh, Also uh, a cue that I got from either Margo or Jason, or maybe a mixture of both of them, which is uh, press, actually press the big toes down and then pull the feet apart. And that's a really nice way to activate the outer seams of the legs. Yeah, that's a different thing, but I love that. That, that helps not only activate Um, so you'll be, you'll be activating the quads, but you'll start to turn on your outer glute muscles, the glute medius, and that's abduction. And yeah, I don't want to be so annoying about all these terms. You don't have to know them, but you will be strengthening (laughs) your lateral side body in the hip region. Okay. So do we feel good about the feet? Yeah, I feel good about the feet. All right. Let's move up the body. We're moving up the body and I would love to talk about the pelvis. Now, there is a lot of confusion here. Can we talk about what people traditionally cue first? I would love to. Oh, what the cue first? Yeah, just pick one because there's a couple things with the pelvis we could talk about. Mm, Tuck your, like, um, sink your butt back and then tuck your tailbone under. Yeah, let's talk about that one. Yeah. So when you're doing a squat, for example, at the gym, you would never tuck your tailbone. Your tailbone is not tucked in chair pose. I think that what people have been trying to do there, and again, it makes sense. And also all of these cues are cues that Gianna and I used for a very long time when we first started teaching. So it is okay, but uh, we've learned a lot more. And that is when you're in chair pose, people think you have to tuck the tailbone to engage the front portion of your core. That is just not true. And the reason is you can sink your butt back like you were sinking your butt into the back corners of a chair or like you were doing more of a fitness squat and still strengthen the front portion of your core. That is called eccentric strengthening. So your muscles, the front portion of your core are lengthening and also engaged. What I like to cue, I don't know if you use this cue, Gianna, is sink your butt back like you're sinking your butt into the back corners of a chair. 
and then draw your navel in and up. So have some engagement through the front of the core. Um, I also want to say that we're not telling you to act like really stick your butt out really far at all. And we're mm-hmm. just not telling you to tuck your tailbone. Literally just sink your butt back. Like you would sit into the back corners of a chair and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This re- like to explain in more detail, this requires some knowledge of just how the pelvis moves like mm-hmm. an anterior tilt versus a posterior tilt. So anytime you start to lift your knee up, let's just pretend you're standing, you start to lift your knee up, you start to bring your hip joint into flexion. Anytime your hips are in flexion, your pelvis is automatically anteriorly tilted. So when you sit your butt back into a chair, essentially, instead of lifting your leg up, you're bringing your hips down. It's that same thing. The knees are bending, your pelvis is lowering, the hips are in flexion. And if you can't remember anteriorly tilt, there's a funny way to remember it. Anteriorly tilt is kind of like popping your ass out, ass out, anterior Gianna, tilt. I, well, I just like, I wouldn't, like, I don't think that's appropriate. Number one. I know it's my first and curse two, on the pod. Yeah. And number two, as a, um, professional As a cis woman and a cis woman professional. I think that's inappropriate. <laughs> and I think that we're probably going to have to send you, you know, where, you know, where to the Vatican. Oh yeah. 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 I thought you were going to say the principal. You're Italian. Office. So we're, mm, yeah, <laughs> you're going to have to go to the Vatican, but everyone listening will have you remember. been to the Vatican? Yeah. Twice. Of course. She's so annoying. Uh, getting back to the pelvis before Gianna swore and literally started going on a tangent. Um, the, (laughs) so the pelvis, so when the, I'm just adding on to what Gianna said, when Mm -hmm. the hips are in, when the hip flexors are in flexion, when they're shortening, your pelvis is anteriorly tilting. So you naturally are maintaining that natural curvature of your spine. So again, your tailbone is not tucked. You are not actively tucking your tailbone in chair pose. Mm -hmm. There's, and I think that really comes from core power. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but (laughs) let's just say one thing. I'm going to like confuse everything for a second. What if you see your student making your chair pose like a backbend, like they're really extending through the spine. Like they're just like arching heart facing upward, head tilting backward. Mm. Like, would you say any other, like, what kind of cues would you do for that? Little lift your head. (laughs) Number one, lift your head, (laughs) pull your ribs in. Okay. The ribs in. Yeah. So I think like the only time I would try to take some of the extension out of chair would be if I saw like an extreme like chair backbend looking Mm -hmm. hybrid that is like, okay, I'm not going for that. And I would probably do the same thing. I would cue, pull the ribs in, Mm -hmm. or if their butt was really popping out like extra, extra, and then they're arching through the spine, then maybe just lengthen your tailbone down but mm-hmm. not a tuck. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. Well, you know what you also, you could say instead of, okay, instead of talking about the, t- the, the, you the just tailbone say, stop all, doing that. Leave. Yeah. You say, get it together. How long have you been practicing? <laughs> if it's over two weeks and you still don't understand this, get out. Um, no, no, we're you joking. could say we're totally joking. Um, you, yeah, you definitely shouldn't come back. That's actually true. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. But you could say lift the front rim of your pelvis. Yeah. That's a good one. You know what I mean? So instead of talking about the tailbone. 
Yeah, but you could that, say like place your place your hands on the bony nodules on the front side of your hips and then lift up. I'm I'm not gonna lie though, both the front rim of your pelvis and the tailbone just confuse the average student. So if you can- uh, it doesn't my students know it. My students know it. I have them feel it. And you have the Janet, my years of experience. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this walking into the street. I said, Am I a seasoned yoga teacher? And I said to myself, I am. You're so annoying. <laughs> You really are. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a day where Jen is like, I'm actually not doing any of this anymore with you. I'm gone. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about the torso. Clock is ticking. No, we're not done yet. Okay. Okay. So pelvis, one last thing I want to talk about pelvis and I'm going to turn our chair a little sideways is if we were doing a twist in our chair. So oftentimes when you take your parivrita utkatasana or twisted, she has, it's like, she has to do it. She has to like, you guys can't see him, but he just gave me the worst dirty look. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So if you're taking a twisted chair, you may have heard your teachers, or maybe you have done this yourself say to keep your knees together and Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like when you're twisting, you do not have to keep your knees together. Mm-hmm. What that does when you try to keep your knees together, it keeps your pelvis from moving in the direction of your twist. And your pelvis is attached to the rest of your spinal column. So as you start to twist, your pelvis is going to want to twist and it's okay mm-hmm. to let it move in that direction. Move You'll into actually, the direction that you're twisting. Yeah. You actually want to help it out. Otherwise it's like you're pulling your torso in opposite ends to mm-hmm. what benefit. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. So if you're twisting to the right, for example, let your left knee come a little bit further out than your mm-hmm. right knee. This mm-hmm. will start to orient your pelvis in the direction that you're moving your rib cage. You twist from the very bottom of your ribs. And so you want to help facilitate rotation by just allowing for that. I have and one more thing. And this is one of those things that you should try at home. Keep like when you like try it out, get on your mat. Next time you're there, take a twist with your knees stationary and frozen in time and space, and then let it just get a little bit asymmetrical. Let your hips move a little bit in the direction you're twisting and then note the difference that you feel in your body and then leave us a review saying how amazing we are. Well, gee, I think that this kind of comes back to one point where we're like doing a lot of these cues, which is I find them often to be for like aesthetics, not necessarily, not necessarily like anatomical value. Mm -hmm. Um, And also a lot of these things that we're saying is what your body does naturally. Yeah. And so a lot of the cues that seem antiquated that were like, oh, don't use these anymore. Like these don't really make sense. Or cues were like, oh, my body wouldn't move that way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel good to have my body move that way. And I just, I think that's just interesting. I just had a light bulb. Mm-hmm. Those doesn't happen a lot for me. The light bulbs are far and few between. I literally am running through a dark alley the majority of my day. So when yeah. I see one, I have to be like, light bulb. Hey, I'm proud of you, BB. Thank you. Welcome. BB. Welcome. You're like, welcome to the smart people's land. <laughs> Do you know that I'm a Hufflepuff? Oh, that makes sense. Do you know that? Did you know that? I'm not a big Harry Potter person. You're a Ravenclaw. 
No, I don't think I no, would. No, you're hundred percent Ravenclaw, hundred percent. Why wouldn't I be Gryffindor? Fuck J.K. Rowling, she's a turf. But besides that, you would be what? No, why wouldn't I be Gryffindor? Be- oh no, no, you would not be a Gryffindor. Absolutely. Why? Why? Because the Ravenclaws are like in their head, really, really smart, very intelligent, rule followers. That's you. The Gryffindors oh. are more like. I'm going to go fight on the front lines. I'm, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, that's, Anna, right. that's not you. You're in the back. Like, <laughs> you're like, you're, you'll be, you're in the back. You're in the back of the battle, the magical battlefield. And you're like, are you sure you want to go up there? Oh, wait, you wanted to die. know something? See, I'm not a big Harry Potter person, but in my mind for a second, I was thinking that Ravenclaw was Slytherin and I was like getting secretly offended. No, no, no. You're not Slytherin. I mean, you, okay. I wouldn't, to be honest, not all Slytherins are bad. And if you ended up there, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Okay. I've taken well, the test like 500 times and every time I'm Hufflepuff. And do you want to know what their, do you want to know what their like mascot is? A honey badger. <laughs> okay. And guess well, what they're is... most famous for? Wait, wait, wait. Guess what they're most famous for? What? Having their, their, like their quarters closest to the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> closest to the kitchen? Yeah, they're the oh closest to the kitchen. Oh my I God. scrumped. Yeah, that literally would be you. But, um, now I know what you're doing with your free time. Yeah, you're like, okay, so, you know nothing about chair pose and everything. <laughs> everything about Hufflepuff and, <laughs> and JK. Okay, Rowling. let's get let's get back to the torso. If you're still listening, we're <laughs> starting to <laughs> we're starting to move up the body. So we talked about rotation and the hips. And let's talk about the shoulders a little bit. So mm. let's pretend we're in a traditional Utkatasana with arms overhead, outstretching up towards the heavens. I'm trying to paint a picture. You know, I'm actually thinking about something though. What? I think traditionally, if you look at people years ago practicing Ashtanga yoga, yeah, their shoulders would lift. They would not draw their shoulders down their back. Okay. Well, guess what? You're jumping ahead again. I'm so nervous. Yeah. Because what do we have to do first? We have to introduce the old antiquated cue. Okay. Okay, okay, so the old antiquated cue is to draw your shoulders down your back. It literally drives me nuts. When I hear it, I want to explode. I want to throw myself into the wall and say, you're not pulling your shoulders down your back in your chair. <laughs> okay. It really does annoy. It really does. You're not like, pulling your shoulders. shoulders back when your arms are above your head. Yeah, that's what you meant. To in say. 180 degrees of shoulder flexion. No big deal. I took a three hour training. Okay, so I'm just repeating this to be crystal clear. When your arms are overhead, you do not need to pull your shoulders down your back. Now, can we like explain this a little bit, Bradshaw? Yes. Do you want to do you want to get technical or do you want me? I want to get technical because I literally just did a class on shoulders. I'm going to be very, very direct. Okay. Talk slowly. Hi, everyone. Not like not like oh. you're on slow motion, oh. slow, but like normal speed. Not like you're trying to fit everything in in under five seconds. I love you. I can't hear your whisper. Oh, I was said I'm going to murder you, but I love you. So the shoulders. There are six movements of the shoulders. Your shoulders. Okay. You don't have up. to tell us all. Of okay, them. that's fine. <laughs> When your arms are above your head, all of a sudden you're like, I move so slow. It's a four hour lecture. On I know. I was like, oh God, he's going to talk about every movement of the scapula. What did I do? Okay. When your arms are above your head, your shoulders are rotating laterally and up. And, and that's just the, the 
that's called lateral rotation. You don't need to know that. I'm going to explain it in a simpler way, which is if you, for example, were grabbing a book that was above your head, you would not reach your arm above your head and then pull your shoulder down your back. You would let the shoulder lift as you grab onto the book. Or for example, if you were swimming, when you're swimming and your arms are above your head and you're reaching, doing freestyle, you would not draw your shoulder down your back. I have another example. If you were shooting a basketball, you would not shoot the basketball. And when you're shooting a three-pointer, draw your shoulder down your back because that's not the action of the shoulder. Your shoulders lift up. Now, the reason I think that we've heard this for a long time is that we have a lot of tightness in our shoulders. A lot of us do. And so this kind of cue, I think what yoga teachers have been trying to say, and again, this is a cue that I use for a very long time. I don't know about you, Gianna, uh, to draw the shoulders down the back. Uh, and it's one that I've really stepped away from and talk about a lot in class. And that is because you can let you can, like right now, reach your arms above your head. Okay. They're above your head. You can let the outer parts of your shoulders lift up without shrugging the inner parts of your shoulders towards your ears. And like Margot said, imagine that you're wearing, I don't know if she said this on the podcast, but she said this to me. I'm just going to give credit when credit's due. Imagine you're wearing dangly earrings when your arms are above your head and you want to keep that space in between your earlobes and the inner parts of your shoulders. So we're not telling you to shrug your shoulders up to the ears, but we are telling you to let the shoulders lift up. Was that explained we're, well, Gianna? We're telling you to just let the shoulders do whatever they do without thinking twice about it. Yeah. And if you did that, your shoulders would not be drawn down your back. When you're yes. doing a handstand, your, your shoulders are lifting up. When you're in warrior one, the shoulders are lifting up. When you're in crescent lunge, the shoulders are lifting up. Okay. If you have more questions about that, believe me, I am a psychopath about this. And I will talk about this for hours, for hours. Gianna? Okay. I'd like to add something. Of course she would. I was literally just trying to have a moment, but okay. You had a moment. If there are like Oscars for podcasting, you'd win it right now. Okay. You're killing it. Um, I, I think I should actually win something. But I want our listeners to have an embodied experience for a second. I so, just told them to have embodied experience. I told them to lift their arms above their head. Yeah. And then you start talking about the outer rim of their scapula and then everyone lost you. <laughs> yeah. His jaws dropped. Right, everyone? Right. Okay. So put your arms in front of you like a zombie. You can do that right now. And as you put your put your hands out in front of you like a zombie, fingertips in line with the very tops of your shoulders, the deltoid area. Now pull your scapula down your back. That's called depression. Keep pulling them down your back and then try to lift your arms higher. They're not going to move higher. So oh my God, I forgot about this, Gianna. Is there, is this another light bulb moment? Well, I remember learning that. Yeah, I'm amazing. Wow. You got, you remember things. You took, do you took notes? I was on grinder. <laughs> That's true. Okay. So as you're depressing your scapula, pulling them down your back and you try to bring your shoulders into flexion, it's like, again, you're pulling at opposites. Like your arms cannot move all the way overhead. Your shoulders cannot go into full flexion as you're depressing the scapula. So let's just say your arms already overhead, then you cue to pull it down the back. All you're really doing there is like crunching the things and things is the very layman's term way I'm going to refer to all of 
the muscles and tendons and ligaments that run from the neck to the shoulder to the arm bone. So I don't want to really get good. In- that's actually really good. I'm happy that you brought that up because I don't want to get the thing into about it. Gianna. The thing about Gianna that's annoying is that like she is definitely smarter than me. I have more personality, but she's smarter. And then I'm like, we well, don't need to do that. And then she's <laughs> then she does it. And like sometimes I'm like, yeah, you're right. And you're like, you told me not to talk about this. I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for being a self-aware queen. Oh, baby, I, I'm a self-aware queen. baby. I know I'm fucked up. I go to therapy all the time. <laughs> Sometimes okay. my therapist is like still struggling with this issue. I'm like, I know, baby girl. Can you believe it? Three years in. <laughs> yes. Years. It's uh, been 84 years. It, it's been 84 <laughs> years. My anxiety's gotten worse. And I realize that I'm completely fucked up. <laughs> oh my God. No, it's it's actually gotten better. I'm on Prozac, 40 milligrams, maybe. Okay. Our listeners don't need to know. They need everything. to know my medication. They need to, I'm also on Discovy. Okay. 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 For let's let's um, keep anti HIV. Well, stop. Uh, I love you. Everyone should go get. You're literally. I'm trying to talk about sexual health, which is embarrassing because <laughs> obviously she's too conservative. No, to it's just respect that this is... sexual health. I love this it. Is a yoga prod pass, and it's about your body, mind, body, and soul, and your overall mental health and well-being. Let's move on to the head. What's going on with the head after the shoulders? Oh my god! I'm just trying to keep us on Lord, track. I, like, I would like to say in a Spanish, Jesucriste. Okay. Um, love that. So basically we solved everything about the shoulder. So don't say, pull your shoulders down your back. If you are trying to have them like not strain or like, if it looks like they're just bringing more tension to their neck, just have them soften their, the sides of their neck. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there's other ways to say what you're trying to do besides telling your students to do an action that is the opposite of what is happening anatomically. Yes. Okay. And now just because I want to talk about the head a little bit, and this can be like a, a more of a preference thing, but let's talk about Drishti, which is like focal point gaze, your vision. I think traditionally it is said to look up towards the sky and that's why you'll see like People some drop ver- their head back. Yeah. Some versions of chair pose where people are hiking their head, like all the way back, like their the back of their skull might even touch their like C7, which is their upper. Yeah. She's over upper. yelling at me for over here talking about the outer seams of the shoulders. And she's like, you know, your C7. <laughs> Basically your skull might touch your very upper back, like right where your neck ends. Can um, I say something also really like just like really funny that I think about Drishti? Because yes. I'm always like Drishti, like focus on your gaze. And then in, in like in my mind, I'm like, gaze. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say something like that. Isn't and that then you, so stupid? Yeah, but that's like an old joke. Sorry. <laughs> um I, I go, I go set your gaze there. I know a lot about gaze, and then people love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. See, but that's kind of like a like one of those cheesy reusable jokes that we talked about in the episode. With yeah, Jack. but you could imagine if you did it and you're like, I know a lot about gays. <laughs> <laughs> Please do it. Please Wait, do it. Please, do you know- I'll come take your class if you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I probably know more about gays than you. <laughs> That's actually true. You're super, you're going to attract them like <laughs> a psychopath. Wait, I, just, I call know- her an honorary gay, honorary queer. High honor. Okay. Let's talk about the head. Let's talk about the gays. 
I just want to talk a little bit about the looking up. I think you can still shift your gaze up without totally dropping. without dropping your head back. Like you're yeah. not looking at the ceiling. Yeah. You know where and you then, could look? You know where you could look, Gianna? Where? Is like where the ceiling meets the wall. I like that. And I, I like that will, too. I will use that instead of like up at the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't really like for the muscles on the back of the neck to be completely inactive yes, and like lazy. And the reason for that is more complex. I think we already lengthen the muscles on the back of our neck so much just with poor posture and like sitting at desks all day and kind of like forward head. We already lengthen them and, and have kind of lazy for lack of a better word, like lazy neck muscles, looking at phones, looking down, all that stuff. So for me, like it might feel good to take your cervical spine, your neck into like extra lordosis, which is that curve. However, I think it's still important to keep those muscles engaged and strengthened. So I will cue this with just like gazing forward or like Bradshaw said, a tiny bit upwards towards the top of the ceiling. Hopefully that. you don't have really, really high ceilings though. True. True. Right. Okay. Thought about that. So yeah. So just to. Oh, let's do Q for Q. Like you, so you start with the feet, tell them on a okay. cue their feet. I'll tell them on a cue their pelvis. You do the yeah, shoulders and I'll do the gaze. It's kind of, yeah. <laughs> you really wanted to do the gaze. Okay. So we're setting up for chair pose. I would tell my students to place your feet under your hips. And then I would say, bend your knees. And then I would say, sink your butt back. Like you're sinking your butt into the back corners of a chair. Then I would say, draw your belly in and up and lengthen through your torso. And then I would say, keep a steady gaze towards the top of the ceiling. And then I would say, reach through your arms all the way up to the sky. And then I would say, great job, everyone. And then I would say, chair <laughs> is a wonderful posture <laughs> that requires musculature engagement and focus. Vinyasa yoga is a rhythmic based practice where we're linking breath and movement. So let's stay here in chair, feel the full length of our inhales and exhales as we sit in this posture. Welcome to class. <laughs> That's literally a monologue. Also, he would not say that whole ending, but you get the idea. So feet, knees, pelvis. I think Gianna just saying torso. that too is just like simplicity. Yeah. You know, not overthinking too much. And normally we, we would say this more as like one sentence, like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. feet under hips, hips bend, bend your knees, reach up. And then once you're there, you'd add in like the little refinement cues, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. pull your rib cage in or whatever it is, whatever it is that you're seeing. You want to, at the end of the day, cue to what you're seeing in the room. For sure. For sure. We, we solved yoga. We solved the yeah, shoulders. We, like, we, we solved should... the pelvis. We yeah, solved... like, yeah. Like this is actually the last episode. So thank you guys so much. <laughs> it's been so real. Um, so something funny that Bradshaw and I were doing like unintentionally on the phone the other day is we were talking about a pose that we both were, uh, were not into. And I was like, okay, kill, Mary, fuck. And then we said that pose. And then we just like more light bulbs went out and we said we should start. They went out or they went on. They went on. They went on. Thank you. 
some more. <laughs> it was dark. It was total darkness. <laughs> no, but we were like, we should play this on the pod. And instead of calling it kill, Mary fuck, because that's inappropriate. And now I'm cursing way more. I have to go. Oh repent. my God. Wow. Well, have yeah, to go, repent. Go to the Vatican. We're going to call this session. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're calling it cancel, explore, commit. Okay. okay so Bradshaw, we're going to keep going with the chair theme. Chair is one of them. Now you add an oppose. Crow. Crow pose, chair pose. And I'm going to add in Uttanasana forward fold. Okay. I know. I already know what I'm going to do. Okay, let's hear it. So who are cancel you canceling? For, cancel forward fold. Oh, wow. Shocking. Why? I have lumbar sacral pain. Okay. What are you exploring? Chair. You're exploring chair. Mm -hmm. And then what's the last one? Crow. I, what's that one? Examine? Oh, committing. No. <laughs> committing. Yeah, I'll, co I'll commit to crow. You're committing to crow. What do you yeah, think well, you're going to get out of that commitment? Uh, really painful wrists <laughs> and, uh, to show that I'm not as strong as I used to be. That's probably what's going to happen. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, I am going to cancel chair pose. It is named fierce pose for a reason. I'm not a chair fan. So canceling chair pose, exploring crow, and then I'm going to commit to Uttanasana. I'm a big fan of my long hamstrings. Oh my God. <laughs> if I have to, if she has to talk, she literally talked about her long hamstrings and training for like three I've years. I've never I like, talked I about to, She's like, I'm black. You're a liar. Like, she'd be like, literally, she'd be like laying there in a split taking notes. I'm like, can you please not do that? I've never talked about my long hamstrings. Okay. You're the one who talks about your physical practice, like way more than anyone else. I know, like he, he will literally be practicing and then look at me and be like, I'm a lot stronger than you. And I'm well, like, well, facts okay. are facts. Do you want me to lie? Yeah, the, I do. You know, the honesty is a part of this practice too. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I got a funny story for you. Okay. So what's the funny thing about yoga? Okay. I think the funny thing about yoga is when you have like a girlfriend and boyfriend in class or whatever partners in class, they don't have to be in a boy and a girl. Remember straight people are gross. Um, <laughs> but if Stupid. that, like that one of the partners is trying to tell the other partner how to practice and what to do, like in a public class. Oh yeah. And like the other partner is getting pissed at the other partner for telling them. Yeah. I think that's really funny. Yeah, it's true. I've had, and I'll just before. go over and be and like, stop doing that. They'll figure it out. No, you, that's when you go over and you just whisper in their ear. I'm the teacher. Yeah. You go over and be like, kill your partner. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just like slow walk by their mat and be like, shh, I'm the teacher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm like, actually, actually they're telling you to do it wrong. So don't listen to them. <laughs> a lot of times that's that literally happens. I'm just like, don't I'm like where did you learn this? <laughs> you oh told my goodness. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Did I tell you the story about when I got a neck spasm while reaching up and yes. teaching? Yes. Okay. One time I had this student in class who wasn't, uh, was just seemed new to the yoga space. And so I had to do a lot more movement than I anticipated and it was not warmed up. 
but this is like the simplest of movements I could have ever done. I just like inhale, reach up for Urdhva Hastasana or upward salute. And for some reason on this particular day, I did that. And then all of a sudden, like my neck spasmed and I had these shooting pains and I literally like took both hands and grabbed the side of my neck. Like I was going to lose my breath. And then I actually had to finish the class, not missing a beat, but my neck was immobile. So my head was immobile. And I was just like, as I'd walk around the room teaching, I would just like turn my body like 90 degrees to the right and then 180 degrees to the left. And I just looked like a complete weirdo. And I couldn't say anything, couldn't tell anyone. I was just like, all right, pretend this didn't happen. And then of course, as soon as I finished teaching, it's like ice packs. Oh God, that's funny, but it's also, that hurts. I know I'm kind of catching a trend where like a lot of my funny stories are like ironic, funny and not like actual. Yeah, do that like the worst is when you're like, isn't that funny? And people are like, that's actually really sad. And I'm like, oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm really drawn. I'm drawn to like the dark irony. That's all. I'm drawn to the darkness. You want to know why? Because you're probably a Slytherin. <laughs> it's a full circle it's moment. A full circle I moment. am a if Slytherin. You didn't know, this was actually not about chair. This is a Harry Potter recap show. Okay. Uh-huh. We're doing every chapter from every book. Oh no, I can't. I I've only seen the first movie, never read a book. I'm obsessed with the movies. I'm obsessed because to be honest with you, I still now, this is so embarrassing, but true. I'll watch a Harry Potter movie and go out and be like, I can move things with my mind. <laughs> you can what? Uh, move things with my mind. Like I'll be oh like looking God. at the leaves, like squinting my eyes, and then they'll move up like that was me. It probably was if you think it. Yeah, like I like literally wish I had power. Like I have dreams about like flying all the time. Mm. All right. Well, it was a really great episode. I hope you care. <laughs> we are going to do this again, as Bradshaw said. So let us know. Let us know the what, pose. What pose you'd like to have us go through. And again, we have a ton of cues that we can't wait to upgrade for you. The more you know, the better you are. <laughs> and then you win yoga and then you win yoga. And this is about winning. This is about getting up the pyramid <laughs> as fast as you can, like literally stomping on the eight limbs and just like really just tackling it, tackling <laughs> it. So when you reach Samadhi, you're like, mm, I worked hard to get here. Yeah, no big deal. Um, no, we're joking about that, obviously. But thank you so much for listening and <laughs> and have a lovely, lovely day. Let me sing my song. Wish that I could step back from that ledge, my friend. We could cut ties from all the lies that you've been living in. And if you do not want to see me again, I would understand. I would understand. <laughs> I really like that. That's very nostalgic for me. 